Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Order online, it ships to you incredibly fast. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive, has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc., CBD has done wonders for me, and since I've been drinking Strava Craft Coffee, I find myself much less jittery, and I promise you a schedule and lifestyle in where I drink a great deal of coffee. I was starting to feel the effects of it, but CBD has given me a ton more energy and focus with none of the shakes and all of the negative things that come from coffee. So remember to go online, purchase for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their now 18 locations in Colorado. Uh, Use that promo code DNVR20, whether you're going into the store or going online to mygreensolution.com. They'll take care of you like you take care of us, like hopefully we take care of you. A great, great partner to have, so make sure you're checking out The Green Solution. I'm your host today, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Of course, you knew that, and you also knew that baseball is back. It has returned. The glorious thing, uh, the game. There are pitches and, and, and plays in the field and the baseball, the crack of the bat, the whole nine. All of it. Nine innings, literally. The whole nine innings. We're, we're out there playing baseball. Well, not you and I, obviously. We're not out. But vicariously, we're all playing baseball again. And it is a glorious thing. And therefore, I have actual baseball on the field to analyze. To pull the curtains back just a little bit, and we'll get into some things. And, and yes, this is the, it's still February, so it's the time of year where we're going to overanalyze statistics and and performances that will long have been forgotten by the time, even by the time just the regular season starts. But we're going to do all of that anyway. Don't worry. I'm going to give you my thoughts on what I've seen so far. But I just, I love having actual baseball to watch and look at and analyze because that's that's what I do. I, I I do my best for all of you, you know, in the off season and with drama talk and boy, was there some this year and you know weighing the markets and all of that stuff but i this is where i i feel like i'm at home where where i'm at if i may at my best and so it's been really great i wasn't able to get my eyes on the second game 
that has been played. So I think I may have said earlier two games. They've played three. Uh, I just have only watched two. So those are the only ones that count. Now, I'll try to go through uh, what we've seen so far. Uh, but particularly, I want to focus on what I've picked up with my eyes. And I actually think, you know, this is a good place to start because it is both an observation about what we've seen on the field so far and a reminder uh, about what you need to do with spring training statistics and results and, and certain things. I thought yesterday, Ryan Rollison, who is a lefty that the Rockies took in the first round a year ago, later in the first round, uh, then some of the other picks they've had, like John Gray, Kyle Freeland, you know, not, not that high a draft stock, but still a guy they thought could be a quick riser. And so far, he has been. Now, he's pitched very, very well, kind of forcing himself already to double A. He's expected to start there again this year. And for more on that, make sure you're catching all the Patrick Lyon stuff. Uh, I want to hear all the feedback about what you all thought of Minor League Monday. Um, but this was... Really, the first time anybody had gotten to see him pitch against major league talent. And, and we've talked about before in spring training, you always have to take full context of what a guy is doing. Like, I thought there were, you know, from a results standpoint, I, I believe it was Antonio Santos came in later in the game and had a couple of clean innings. But I felt like he hit his spot maybe five out of 30 times. And when he was out there pitching, the Cubs, all the starters were out. They, they were playing, you know, I think at one point he pitched to Noel Cuevas, former Rocky, you know, great guy. But, there, you know, there's a reason he's just kind of floating around out there. And Ryan Rollison went right at the heart of the Cub, the actual Cubs, and in particular, he had a battle with Wilson Contreras where I felt like I learned a great deal about this young man's ability to pitch backwards. In other words, to pitch off of his curveball early in counts, setting up what did not appear to be in any way an overwhelming fastball. But the number of quality fastball hitters, he got to swing just way late. Now, a little bit of that's like spring training. Guys are still timing up fastballs. You know, guys aren't ready to jump on those. There's one or two mistake fastballs that Rollison threw that I think, you know, if these hitters were more literally into the swing of things, he's going to get punished for. But he had them all messed up with his timing and his location. He was hitting his spots. He was pitching with confidence. I loved. So he, despite the, and, and then there was the moment in his second inning of work where he had issued two walks with two outs, both of which on very suspect home plate umpiring, hashtag spring training for everybody, hashtag electronic strike zone. But still, again, if you assume that nine times out of 10, he's going to get those calls, which he is. It's not, a, it's not a matter of complaining about umpires and spring training and Drew, you're making excuses. No, you've got to evaluate your player. I am 95% sure that after the three-run double that Rollison gave up, where he had to come out of the game, Buddy came out, put his arm around. The, I could hear Bud Black chirping. There, there weren't a lot of people in the stands. I could hear him after one of the walks yelling at the ump for his guy, which, by the way, how dope is that? The Buddy's out there in February going to bat 
for his pitcher? That's, that's a confusing metaphor, isn't it? Out there chirping at the umpire saying, come on, he earned that K. He earned his way out of this jam. I'm trying to build this kid's ability to know, you know, you threw a good pitch. I want him to know he threw the pitch I wanted him to throw. And I'm I'm certain Bud Black put his arm around Ryan yesterday, Ryan Rollison, and this kid, and said, that's what we want to see. You stay right there. You keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about that. You know, further on down the line, you'll get those calls, whatever it is. You keep pitching the way you do. Let's clean up some of those fastballs. There's always stuff to work on. I mean, he's a kid still. But other than Peter Lambert in, uh, I think it was the second game, Rollison, I thought, like looked the best of anyone who has taken the mound uh, for the Rockies in spring training so far this spring training season. Like, I, I was very, very impressed with what he threw. And I wanted to point that out because if you look at his line, it's like 1.2 innings. He gave up three earned runs. But if you were really watching there, like, and in the full context of the quality of hitter he was going up against, this being his first taste of pitching to guys Wilson Contreras is a legitimate, like, Major League All-Star caliber hitter. Uh, and to see him just beat him, just plain beat him it, with good pitching uh, was very promising for this kid who could end up really pushing the issue and working his way into the Rockies' Major League situation uh, earlier than September this year. I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing and he pitches like that more often than not, uh, they'll have to find a place for him. Uh, I, I was very, very impressed. Probably the most impressed I've been by anybody in the Rockies organization so far this spring. Jake, I've got to agree here on, on the Facebook Live, saying really impressed with Elias Diaz so far. I think he's my standout uh, offensively. I'm not even sure I've seen him in the two games that I've watched in the maybe six at-bats I've, I've seen him take or whatever. I don't know that I've seen him swing and miss yet. And if I have, it, you know, it's it's irrelevant. The guy's making contact. He's hitting the ball to all fields. He's taking a smart at-bat. He's allowing, like, there was, there was a sack fly he got where it was like, perfect, good. With the amount of speed this team is going to have, if, if he makes the squad as the backup catcher, which I expect him to do, He'll probably be the weak side of a platoon, you know, hitting or playing almost exclusively against left-handed pitchers who he really hits well. So he's going to be a, a not just a tough out uh, there, but you need those sack flies, the the ground balls to the right side that move the runner over. Just don't strike out from that spot, especially at Coors Field. And Elias Diaz, you know, is out there looking like a guy who is just really tough to throw the ball by. Uh, you know, I haven't seen him take a super impressive, like, he doesn't, his approach is really interesting. Like, it, it's like he seems to, he's, he's a thicker guy. Like, he's a big dude. Like, I for some reason, I thought he was going to be smaller. Um, you know, and I haven't loved him behind the plate either. It's early. Some of the stuff that's getting spiked is getting real spiked, but I feel like he's got like a 20% block rate right now. Um but yeah, it's like he's given up any concept of trying to hit for power. He's a right-handed version of Tony Walters, but it looks like he's just been added a little longer and he can cover a little bit more of the plate. And so 
while it's not a, a sexy pick by any means, is not a guy I think is going to come up, like really power the offense, be a difference maker, like all on his own. I think in the proper platoon with Tony Walters, you're looking at a catcher spot that could hit 290 this year. And that's a big, like, they're not going to slug. Like Those guys are not going to slug. And you got to hope that Diaz's glove, like, just plays up enough or, or that he can at least work with the pitchers and the pitchers really like him. So, if, look, if he struggles blocking balls, you can get over it because maybe, you know, I think his framing has been fine. Uh, I haven't really seen him get a chance to throw out base runners, stuff like that yet. So, uh, it's one of those things I, I got to talk to people once I get down there here in just a few days now. But I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Elias Diaz at the plate. Uh, Adam says, uh, simple question here off the bat. Is Jose Mujica being looked at as a starter or a reliever? I'm pretty sure they're still looking at him as a starter. I thought it was interesting the news uh, that came out also that they're looking now at Wes Parsons as a starter. I was not impressed with his location in the slightest yesterday. I, I thought he really struggled to hit his spots. Some of the pitches had good movement, but some of them were really just backing up right into the middle of the zone, and, and he got away with some mistakes that you know I, th I don't think he's going to get away with for very long. There, the radar gun did not appear to be in any way accurate on the feed that I was watching, so... They had like everybody sitting on 89 miles an hour. So the fastball's got a bit more zip, but still I'd like to see him hit his spots a little bit more if they're looking at him as a starter. Maybe that's part of why he was off a little bit. Maybe there's been a bit of a, a mechanical change if you're going to try to throw more pitches per game. I do think it's interesting that the Rockies are doing this though, where they, they are in a, a spot where from an option standpoint, and I know a lot of people are just done with Jeff Hoffman, and I totally understand why, but the, you know, having dudes is generally better than losing dudes for nothing. Even if you just don't believe in that guy, you've got to, like, really be confident that he's just not going to get it done in your organization. And that's where they'll be stuck with if they don't put... Now, I do think Chichi Gonzalez is a guy who they could potentially DFA who would pass through waivers and come back to the organization. Maybe. I don't think Senzatella or Hoffman would do that. I think cutting Senzatella, even if he has a terrible spring, would be a bad, bad idea. So Senzatella, I, I, I would put away. I'm just not DFAing that guy. And he's out of options. He has to be on the major league roster when the year begins. And if he's really not pitching well, you stash him in the bullpen. Um, you, you do what you got to do there. But it is interesting because, uh, and and our guy Patrick Lyons wrote about this this morning, that oddly enough, like the AAA rotation is setting up to be a pretty darn good one. Like it's not full of like top prospects like a few years ago when the rotation had you know, John Gray and and... Eddie Butler and guys like that, you know, uh, Tyler Anderson when he was still a top prospect. But it's going to have an inordinate number of guys with quality major league experience. If you're considering, you know, Tim Melville's going to be there. Wes Parsons probably now going to be there. Jose Mujica looks like he'll probably be there. Uh, getting back to the original question, you know, on that AAA 
roster, it's going to be a lot of pitchers who could very easily come up and down and, and be expected to contribute for the Rockies. Cal mentioned, I can't remember now where Harrison Musgrave is at. Um, I need to check in on that, but that's another guy who's, uh, if he's still in the organization, Sam Howard, um, guys who've both started and been relievers. And surprisingly, they've got a, a decent amount of depth there. And I agree with Trawartha Sean here, who says, really excited about James Pazos. I, in the bullpen, this is why I think there's going to be a ton of pressure. And, and, I, and I think Patrick may disagree with me about this. Maybe we need to have this debate on the pod uh, here very soon, because I actually think there's a decent chance the Rockies cut bait with both Jake McGee and Brian Shaw if both have bad spring trainings. And we've only had one appearance so far from Shaw, and he gave up a couple of runs. He keeps doing that. I There's every incentive here with all of these other dudes around who, you know, they have their question marks as well, to be sure, but there's just so much more potential with these other guys who are either younger or, you know, they've got options so you can move them back and forth if they start to struggle, swap them out for another guy, see what Sensatella can do. Uh, you know, there's just so many other options here. And James Pazos is a guy who I think makes Jake McGee expendable if, with a really good spring training. And I kind of expect that to happen. I've become, I actually have become a very big believer in James Pazos. I've got an article coming out, you know, whenever I finish writing it. I've been looking through his numbers I think the Rockies may have something here. I think Pazos could be one of those guys we're looking back at the end of the season and, you know, we're saying, well, the Rockies didn't make any big acquisitions in the offseason. People barely remember that they picked up Pazos last year. He only appeared a couple of times for Colorado, but his numbers, especially the peripherals, are fantastic. He's been deaf on lefties. Uh, he's just a much better pitcher than I think I even realized at first. And so... Pazos, I think, becomes your primary left-hander in, in the bullpen this year, and I actually think that'll happen relatively easily. There'll still be a question. Now, there, there's enough room right now on the roster for both Pazos and Jake McGee, and yes, at Wild the Innocent, he's owed about $9 million, so they'd have to just eat that. Uh, and and pay him to go away, and that's a, you know, that's a tough ask of a team. They did something very similar with Mike Dunn last year, and I do think they're going to give him every opportunity in spring to show him he's got something left in the tank and that, you know, they, they do still believe in Jake McGee probably more than any of the rest of us. But Adam, Adam, you're exactly right to be really intrigued by Tim Collins. That's another guy who I just, so, so that's the thing. If Jake McGee has the fourth or fifth best, if, if it's James Pazos and Tim Collins and Ryan Rollison and, you know, these lefties are all out pitching McGee. And by a lot, it's going to be a tough sell to the fan base, to Nolan Arenado, to the team to say, well, we're going with Jake because we're paying him $9 million when you've got other guys that it's pretty clear can help you in. I agree. I, I think Tim Collins is going to have a solid spring training. And you have to be open to taking these guys, cutting bait with the mistakes of the past, and allowing this team to reach its maximum potential. Because there's a lot of potential here. I promise you, there really, really is. 
One way I know that is because I drink a lot of Breckenridge Brewer, so I know about potential, I know about good beer, I know about what is possible when you're having a little bit of the strawberry sky, and that's anything. Anything can happen when you're having strawberry sky, when you're drinking Breckenridge Brew, and you can get Breckenridge Brew over at Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. This, I mean, this is a, a liquor store uh, for liquor store lovers. They're they're taking the Breck brew so you can go down there and get it. They can have it delivered to your door if you're more into that. All you got to do is download the app. Plus, you want to do that anyway. You get all kinds of fantastic deals. You sign up for the loyalty program. Uh, you can get big stuff delivered to your door in bulk, or you can just go down, enjoy everything they've got at Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They've got two locations. They're in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. So make sure to download that app, get the deals, sign up for the loyalty program, get your booze delivered, or head over there. Make sure to tell them that Drew from DNVR sent you. So uh, Cal's got an opening day lineup here. I went through my lineup in a recent article, but I'll, I'll go ahead and share it with you. It does sound like they're going to lead off Blackman again, if I'm reading between the lines correctly, uh, with Bud Black. And it also sounds like just kind of across the board, the left, right, left, right thing is going to be a bigger deal this year with, oh, Adam, thank you. <laughs> I'll get back to that. Uh, a bigger deal this year with, uh, the three batter minimum rule, right? So pitchers who before had really struggled with splits, if they're still out there, you can really mess up your opponent by making sure you don't give them too many lefties or righties in a row. So I suspect, now he's got Story Cal here as Story, Blackman, Arenado, Rymack. I like that, that's interesting, uh, Desmond Murphy, Hampson uh, playing center field. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, well, you don't have Dahl in there, so there's a, there's a, there's a missing piece there. So here's how I've got it going. I think Charlie Blackman will lead off and play right field. Uh, I think Trevor Story's probably going to bat second and try to inject a little bit of a power speed combo there at the top of the lineup. But he's he's got to cut down on the strikeouts. But I think that that makes sense because you don't want Arenado to bat second and you need both those guys in the top four. So third is going to be, I think, David Dahl. He just slides in there very nicely. He's a good glue hitter in the middle of a lineup. I think he can serve as protection for Story and as a setup for Nolan Arenado batting cleanup. You don't want to put speed in terms of Story and Dahl on in front of a gap hitter like Nolan. A ball in the gap with David Dahl on first base, That's uh, he's going to score from there. Uh, so I like that setup. One, two, three, four. I like Daniel Murphy as protection for Nolan Arenado. I also like Daniel Murphy to have a bounce back year at the plate. I expect Daniel Murphy to hit over 300, uh, get 40 plus doubles, get close to 20 home runs, maybe more. And I think he's he's going to do really well in that spot, assuming he doesn't break his thumb again. So I've got Daniel Murphy and I've gone left, right, left, right, left. Uh, this is where it gets a little trickier because the Rockies uh, don't have a, 
a natural right-hander that you necessarily want starting all the time. Ian Desmond would be the guy you could put here. Now, against left-handed pitching, that's what I would do. After Daniel Murphy, then it goes to Ian Desmond, who would be in left field instead of Rymal Tapia or Sam Hilliard the rest of the time. But the rest of the time, if you've got a right-handed starter, you're not too worried and you can just go right, 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 or I'm sorry, left, left, left the rest of the way down because it would go Murphy, Rymac, Tapia, Walters, and your pitcher. But against a left-handed pitcher, after Murphy, you would put in Desmond, in left field, I know, I know, but he crushes left-handed pitching and actually plays a decent left field. So you go Desmond batting six, playing left. Then Rymack still in there, unless you wanted to put in Garrett Hampson. Again, you could go right, right, right the rest of the way down and go Desmond in left, Hampson at second, and Elias Diaz behind the plate. And then obviously, you know, pitcher spot. So now you've got right, 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 or left, left, left to finish out your lineup. and that, Or you could go back and forth with it, mix and match if you're more concerned about that. But I think that that's more or less going to be how that works. Um, I like the idea of swapping Dahl and Blackman. Honestly, like I said earlier, I kind of opened with, it does sound like they're going to put Blackman in as the leadoff man. But I like him batting third and Dahl leading off as an interesting concept as well. But if Blackman just continues to rake there, like, I think you're fine the other way. I really don't think it matters that much, but I, I'd i be curious about it. Uh, I like having Dahl and Story to, to put that speed pressure right out of the gate on the the pitcher. Um, I'm, very, I'm very into that idea, but I think over the course of a game, it doesn't matter quite as much. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break here on the live uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the Periscope has crashed, and I'd like to get that live chat back up and going. And two, I'm having a mattress picked up today. And so (laughs) I I need to go and make sure that I don't make any mistakes in doing that. But I'll be back on for a a few minutes after, uh, I'm sorry, just before the game starts here. So I'm still going to be able to take a few more of these questions. Uh, Jake, I want to talk a little bit about the pitching rotation, uh, who, which ace I have. And Adam, thank you for reminding me to put Ben Bowden into the conversation. Another lefty who I expect will outpitch Jake McGee this spring. And so it's like, again, if it's four or five of them, let's go. Like, you've got to be able to make that decision. And it's the same thing on the other side with Brian Shaw. If Senzatella, Chichi Gonzalez, Wes Parsons, Jose Mujica, Tyler Kinley, they all pitch better than Brian Shaw this spring. You, you've got to make that call. Cut bait. Be able to kind of stick a finger in the eye of everybody said, this is the exact same team as it was a year ago and show up with two different guys in your starting rotation, a new starting center fielder, a new backup catcher, and half of your bullpen being guys who were not Jake McGee and Brian Shaw. And the, you know, they, they got to, you got to run with Wade Davis. You got to ro- run with that. So any opportunity to cut these other guys. All right. Now would actually be a good time to give a shout out to our phenomenal friends 
over at Green Mountain Dental Group, located in Lakewood. They are the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. So schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. They'll treat you like family because they've been a longtime DNVR partner. They've shown us a ton of love. You can show them some love by making your way out. It's only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. You got to get your teeth taken care of. It's a key ingredient to good health. So make sure that if you schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental, you pick up your free Sonicare today. I want to wrap this one up here pretty quickly with Another observation that sort of falls outside of the statistical results, and and of course we're still at that time where you just can't get carried away by any one thing, but there was a a sequence in, I think, the second game now, I want to say, or the third, where uh, the Rockies executed a double steal with... Uh, I want to say it was Dahl and Desmond. It might have been Desmond and Story. Uh, And then whichever, the third guy (laughs) in in that equation there uh, managed to drive in the run. In fact, both of the next two batters, after the successfully executed uh, double steal, managed to produce productive outs. And this was actually, I had somebody tweet at me and Patrick, like, I think it was our guy Len from Edmonton who said, has this ever happened before? <laughs> like the Rockies taking a couple of bases and then, you know, bringing them in, not striking out with one away and runners at second and third, figuring out a way to get those guys in. And in this case, they did. Now, obviously, this is just one example and it's in February. And so whatever. And you can be kind of free to run and and try to do things like execute a double steal. There's a lot lower risk of doing things like that in spring. But this honestly is exactly the kind of way the Rockies, I've felt for the last several years, they should be pushing the speed element more. I know analytics people uh, generally are of the mind that you don't try to steal bases because it's worth negative WPA in a vacuum, uh, which is true, but I think you've got to pick your spots. I think that a team that needs to find extra that they can take on the margins because they don't have, you know, the powerhouse pitching staff that other teams do. And because they play in a chaotic environment, I've said before, I'll say it again, every extra 90 feet that you can take matters that much more, but it also, you have to finish the play. You have to complete the process. And that involves guys putting the bat on the ball once you've gotten into scoring position. And it's something the Rockies have been especially bad at the last couple of years, even in 2018 when they won 91 games. And and I documented this. I've talked to Bud Black about it several times. They've really struggled to get not even the key hit. The key hit is something that can be you know up and down for every team. It's the productive at out. It's the, it's the at-bat where you move the runner over, you move them in, you get the sack fly. Anytime you don't even need to get a hit to score a run, you've got to take advantage of that situation because getting a hit is very difficult. But putting the bat on the ball is substantially less difficult. And a player like Elias Diaz is really going to help 
fulfill that philosophy as our guys like Hampson, Hilliard, Tapia, Desmond, Dahl, and Story with their speed that they can push the issue. And the other thing, I actually thought there was a really fantastic piece by Saunders in the Post uh, several days ago about the Rockies really trying to hone in on being a much more patient team at the plate this year. And Dave Magadan has got these guys really thinking about a two-strike approach, not coming out of their shoes early in counts, seeing more pitches, taking their walks if they need to take their walks, something that especially the stars on this team have been reluctant to do in the past. And so I think if they're going to preach a more patient you know, contact-oriented approach. We need to strike out a lot less approach, and we're going to run a little bit more on the bases. Well, that's what it's going to look like from time to time, right? When executed properly, you're going to have multiple guys you can have running around out there, and then you just need to get ground balls to the right side, fly balls deep enough into the outfield, and you're going to steal some runs and therefore some games that way. And I, I think the Rockies are particularly well-suited to play like that. So keep your eye on that throughout the spring. If it looks like they're continuing to push the issue, whether it's stolen bases or going first to third, taking the extra base whenever they can, and then taking the contact approach to get that guy in and scratch out a few extra runs over the course of the season. There's still plenty more to talk about. I've got to dive deep into everything that's going on with Brett Boswell. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more uh, about what we saw out of Ubaldo Jimenez. It wasn't, you know, a ton, but still uh, some interesting things there. And keep taking a look at this roster as it shapes out. I've got a lot of thoughts as well on uh, James Pazos, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, th there's a lot more to talk about, and there are more games to come. I'm going to cut this one off here. We'll get into all of that uh, very soon, probably still on the day that you're listening to this podcast. There will be another one out and I'll get together with Patrick. We've got plenty to talk about. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following on all the social media stuff at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Subscribe to the DNVR so you're not missing any of our exclusive content. And make sure you head over to the locker, DNVR locker, to check out all the cool merchandise we've got, including some pretty phenomenal hatware, I must say. Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. The Green Solution has 18 locations in Colorado. It is the place to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, you name it. Download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's quick, easy to use. The 18 Green Solution locations are in the metro area, so there's definitely one near you. The Express Checkout will have you in and out in no time. No lines, no waiting. These are the best prices you're going to get for the best quality. I promise you, you check out Green Solution, you're not going to be disappointed. So remember to download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase.